Many of you know Miss Rita. Some of you may not have met her. Some, uh, because she's been sick for a little bit. But let me tell you about Miss Rita before we read any scripture. See, Miss Rita came to us, I don't know, about a year ago or less. She moved here from New Jersey uh, for all intents and purposes alone. She lost her husband about a year ago, I think, a year and a half ago. Came for some family that didn't pan out. And she ended up living right behind the church. And I don't even remember what got her here to begin with. Maybe just walked in. But Miss Rita didn't know anything about the Lord. Nothing. Never been to church. She knew nothing. But she found her way to Mauriceville Assembly of God. But more importantly than she found her way to Mauriceville Assembly of God, she heard the gospel for the first time in her life and surrendered her life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I looked up on her Facebook page to go back a few months before she wasn't feeling too good, and this is the one I want you to hear. On June 13th, Miss Rita Barr said, Well, I'm blessed today because everything in my life is good. My family and my friends are with me now, and I live, listen to this, I live my life the way I want to with the Lord. I have a great church here in Texas, and I'm also happy with the th way things are going for me. I love my family, and God bless you all. Now, why am I bringing that? Because, well, I believe yesterday morning in the early hours that all of heaven rejoiced at the homecoming of Rita Barr. And I believe that we should celebrate the wins. Now, I don't think some of you may not understand what we're saying here. I'm not talking about someone who made it to Mag Church and attended here and boosted our numbers for a while. No, the win is, is a lady that knew nothing of the gospel a year ago. Found a church that embraced her and loved her in, in tangible ways. But brought her the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed her eternity. Yesterday morning, Heather was, we were kind of, when we found out that Miss Rita had passed, she said, I think it's sad. We didn't really realize she was that close to the end. But she said, I'm sure Miss Rita died alone at the hospital. I said, perhaps, I don't know. And I said, I, 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 and I don't like that. But you know what? This life is so temporary. The greater thing when I think about Miss Rita is not her circumstances of, of her family and, and, and if anybody was in the ICU room, ICU room with her. The greater knowledge of Miss Rita is this life is but a vapor 
and she found real life, eternal life. And when she left this place, in her final moments on this side, is nothing to be compared to what her today and her tomorrow and her eternity is. Church, that is the commission. That is the reason we exist. And that is an eternal win. Do you understand that? That is an eternal win. See, that's not, that's not about church attendance and offerings and, and out, outreaches. and uh, That is the gospel in action. And it is the goal. And I'm thankful today that Miss Rita Barr crossed the finish line on this side. But it was only the beginning. A life that she could have never imagined. Because this side was hard. But that side's wonderful. I think that's worth mentioning. Taste of the Nations is a day that we celebrate every year. It's, it's actually, if you want to get right down to it, it, it it's when the, the ladies have uh, a sampling of, of different foods from all over the world. And I went, now we like to eat. All of us like to eat. I like to eat. You like to eat. Y'all are quiet this morning, but you like to eat. But that's not really what it's about. It's not even really about the fundraiser that the ladies do to, uh, for, for missions. It's about the mission. Everything we do, Mag Church, is about the mission. I don't want you to yawn and think I've heard it all before. I don't want you to be numb to the simplicity of the gospel and what we're here for. There can be no more critical hour than the day that we live to relive the commission and what the purpose of the church is. See, the purpose of the church is, 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 not, uh, is not status. The purpose of the church is not necessarily a, a social group, although we're the body of Christ and we do gather socially. But we don't even gather for the social aspect. Do you understand? By the way, before I get into the meat of the message, I want you to I wanna, uh, take a shot at a few things that's popular in this world today about that the body of Christ, uh, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Um, well, I'll just go straight at that one. The Bible doesn't back that up. So I'll go straight at it. I started, to, I started to sugarcoat it and ease in a little bit, but the Bible doesn't back that notion up. If you're, if you're able-bodied and you can, you should want to. Oh, some of you, first time, last time, in between time, some of you have done Sturge or Candle and you're not even going to hear me this morning. Because the, 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 the church is under unbelievable attack today in every side and every form and one of the most popular is the notion that the church doesn't gather I say oh the church didn't have buildings till the third century that's true the church didn't have buildings till the third century so if you want to go back to the way they done it in the third in the, in the first century when the church was born we can do that 
but I need, I'm going to need a schedule of who wants us all to meet at your house Monday night and, who, and meet at your house Wednesday night and your house Thursday night and your house next Sunday night and we're going to, we're going to need some space, okay? There's a, there's a false narrative that is taking over the world that the church doesn't gather. Certainly the church isn't a building. The church isn't a building. This is the church. And the church gathers. The church is the body of Christ. Paul wrote it to the, to, in a letter to the Corinthians. He, he described Jesus as the head. And he described the church as the body of Christ. And he started talking about the importance of each member of the body. He said, can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you. Can the eye say, it's all... How, uh, he used the imagery on purpose. Do you look at your, I, I need all of my parts. And I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, I, I didn't mean to rock the boat this early on, but it's rocked, so you might as well just hang on. How, does a, how would my body, he described it as the body of Christ. How would my body function if my leg was at home? My hands were at the lake. My eyes were at the ball game. My mind was at work. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. That's, that's not the purpose. The, what I'm trying to describe to you is that a, that a body is together. Well, the church, the church that we see today is nothing like the first century church. I beg to differ with you. Because I'll take you to every epistle that Paul wrote, and guess what they were? They, it was the church at Corinth. It was the church at Galatia. It was the church at Thessalonica. It was the church at Philippi. It was the church at Colossae. I'll remind you that in Revelation chapter 2 and, and, and chapter 3, Jesus written in red speaking, he says, to the angel of the church at Smyrna, to the angel of the church at Thyatira, to the angel of the church at Philadelphia, to the angel of the church at Laodicea, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, to the angel... Paul would write letters, he said, I am coming to see you. Or when I was with you. Oh, y'all already. Are you understanding something? Do you think he wrote letters to the air, to the, to the post office at Corinth, at, at Corinth? No, he wrote it up to a gathering of believers. I, I think it interesting. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, that I'm there in the midst of you. Oh, some of you that are upset with me, you say, I'm a shift worker. We're not talking about your job. Not at all. We're not, we're not talking about your vacation. We're talking about that you can, you just don't. I'll remind you, oh, I, I, this is not at all where I intended to start at. I'll remind you, I've already said it. David said, I would, now, 
You know what happens? What happens is when you begin to put the myths of the world up against the, the, the light of Scripture, it it really what happens quickly is it becomes foolish. It becomes foolish. Before there was a new covenant, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'll remind you that the Jewish believers had gathering places everywhere. The reason the first century church didn't have buildings is because they were, they, they, everywhere they, go, they went, they were, they were persecuted, they were, they were scattered, they were, they were stripped, robbed. That's why. See, I'm talking about the mission. I am serious with Mag today about the mission and what our calling is and where we're at. And, I, and I'm realizing even as I'm speaking and when I start out, uh, when I start out uh, hitting hard, when it's not even the intent, that MAG will not be a church for everybody. It's a church for everybody, but not everybody's going to tolerate it. Why? Because I'll tell you, and there's something that's so been lost on the church world today that we don't even understand any anymore that the ministry, that the five-fold ministry makes a demand on the body of Christ. Do you know that? It's been an easy-peasy religion. Come when you want to. Don't come when you want to. Give if you can. Boy, that's the one that's under attack today. Give if you can. If you don't. Yeah, yeah, the Lord, that there's no mandate to, to worship in your giving. That the Lord just loves a cheerful giver. The Lord does live, give a cheerful giver, but some people are real cheerful about nothing. The Bible has things to say about these things. Well, I, 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 I come to talk to you about the mandate about the Rita Bars of the world. I can name others, but I won't. Mm. Serious at MAG. We are in a serious time. An absolutely serious time. And I'm going to tell you, if you're like me, and most of you are, I'm not so different, you're exhausted with the time we live in. I'll just ask by a show of hands so you can wake up. Are any of you exhausted with the time that we live in? Look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. This is the body of believers. We're exhausted with the time we live in. And if, and if, and if we're exhausted, what, is the, what are the hopeless feeling right now? Oh, I, I come with a challenging word right off the bat that... that when you get back to the scripture, when you get back with what the scripture actually teaches, that you find out that the church, that, the, that, the, that Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. What you get to find out is that it's in him that you can have rest. And it's only in him that you're going to have rest. It's in him that you're going to have peace. You can't have peace outside of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. It won't, it, it'll never happen. You may have a moment of, of non-agitation, but you're never going to live in peace without the Prince of Peace. Ever. So all the lies that go around that just is a casual relationship with God, I'm going to tell you there is no casual relationship with God. Hear me, church. There is no such thing as a casual relationship with the, with the King of Heaven.
It's a dedicated relationship. It's a powerful relationship when you walk in it. A relationship that, see, a, a Christianity with, with, without commitment is a false Christianity. It's a false religion. It's a false way. Mm. Mag Church, now, that's the people. That's you. That's the redeemed. We have a mandate that has never changed to our area, to our region, and to this world. Listen to me. To this young people. Every one of you look at me across the place. I'm tired of looking at bored faces. I'm tired. Your, your only hope is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your youth, your youth, if you die in, in an age that you know what's going on and you've heard the gospel and you reject the gospel because you're too cool and you're too casual or maybe you don't even believe it, your eternity is eternal damnation. You need to understand that. So it's not a casual thing. And if you're bored with the things of God, something's wrong with your relationship with Him. We got a, I, I've said this week, and I'm not picking on anybody, hear me. I just came, I just came under mandate today. I've said three times this week, I feel like I'm drowning in a sea of Gen Z. And what do I mean by that? You say, that's hateful. No, it's not hateful. It's the, it's the reality of where we're at. A generation that can't be told anything about anything, about anything. That's going to find out the hard way or die. And sometimes they die finding out the hard way. It's about, it's about homes where, where the things of God, oh, because see, I didn't come by to, to, to drown in the sea, of G, the sea of Gen Z without talking to Gen X. Because we have a Gen Z, because we had a Gen X and a Gen Y and a, and a boomer and a, and a greatest generation that somehow their blessings became a curse and the things of God never became a priority again. And then we wonder, we, now we're spending all of our time, listen to me, now we're spending all of our time cursing the darkness. That's what you're doing. You know how I know that's what you're doing? Because that's what I've done. I spend all of my energy cursing the darkness. Isaiah chapter 60, arise and shine for your light has come. It says, it, but it, verse, verse 60, 61, you've heard it for the last three weeks. It says yeah, that darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. It, 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 it begins to talk about the light that will come in and it says that the Gentile nations will begin to come by the hordes, by the thousands, by the millions. It was talking about Israel that become casual. It was talking about the coming rejection so the light came to the nations, the Gentiles, to us. And it says that the Gentiles would come by the hordes, by the thousands, by the millions, because, and we're living in in the age of the Gentile today. But when the light is not given, darkness is the only thing that can remain. And instead of church, 
On a, on, on, a, on a Sunday morning, on the last Sunday of September, on a missions emphasis day, we have got to come to, again to the, a place to understand that we are the light of the world. And if we're going, we are the light of the world. Jesus said in, in John, he said, I am the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, he's speaking the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the light of the world. How can I be what he is? Because I'm, when, I, when I'm in him, I'm like him. See, that's what I'm telling you about this thing about casual Christianity. See, the, the goal is that the Bible says that I'm being conformed into the image of his dear son. And if I'm not, then I'm not. The Bible says, Jesus, every disciple he ever called, what's a disciple? Follower. Every disciple he ever called, before he ever called him an apostle, he called him, he said, follow me. His disciples, they said, and so they went, and the disciples went with them. Not the, the gospels don't call them the apostles. It calls them the disciples, his followers. Then in, then in Mark chapter 16, verse 18, you, what, you know what it says. It says, go ye into all the world. Let's read it. Mark chapter 16, verse 18. And he said to them, verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. Let's go to Matthew. Chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18. Matthew chapter 16 verse 8 or Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 says and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all power is given to me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all things Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the earth. Oh, let me read. All power is given unto me. That's important. And he says, in light of that, you realize that the therefore is in light of what I just said. Hello? All power is given unto me. In light of that, he says, therefore, go you. And teach, that's disciple, all nations. Now let me help you with something. Because we're talking about missions here in just a minute. All nations is not the United States and Brazil and Spain and France, Israel and, and Jordan and Egypt. That's not what he's talking about. Nations 
his people. God's not preaching to the land masses, to the continents. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. All power is given into heaven. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Why is that important? Because when he begins to talk to Peter and to the rest of the church world, listen to me, hello. How many of you know you can't give what you don't have? If you do, that means that's theft by receiving. <laughs> How many know you can't give what you don't have? Somebody. I got all day. Lunch is here. You can't give what you don't have. Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth belong to me. Then he told Peter, see, Peter just made the confession that, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus marveled at him. And he said, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he began to say that upon this confession, on this rock I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's all wonderful. Then he said something to Peter that matters. In light of all power is given unto me. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Keys are authority. Keys are power. Keys are what I have, I'm giving you. He can't give what he doesn't have. He told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you know it. He says, he says you shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming for you. And you, 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 you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the rest of the earth. You. The, the commission is to you. See, one of, the, one of the biggest misconceptions that's ever hit the church world was a priesthood that came, was a, was a false priesthood that, that came through Rome that, that put the idea in everybody's head that the, that the, that the, that the priest or the minister, that, his, that it is his work to evangelize the world. And the Bible says it's the church's job. And it's more... We send all over the world. We understand that. But it's more than that. I, I, am, I, I am convicted that people in the shadow of this church has never heard from this church. I'm convicted that a school bus unloads on this parking lot every day. And I, I want you to understand that I'm here every day. I want you to, but I can't do everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in the number. I am convicted that a school bus unloads twice a day with two different loads on this parking lot every day, and not one kid has ever been intercepted on his way home for a Wednesday night, for a Sunday, for, for to, 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 to reach into the, the world behind us. I'm convicted that we haven't caught the flame as a, as a church, as a whole, to take, because I'm going to tell you how, how the gospel explodes, how the light goes into the darkness is when the body of Christ burns in their soul when they get so full of God that they can't keep their mouth shut and they're a witness everywhere they go because they're full of power and they're full of authority that was given to them by God. See, I told you there is no such thing as a casual Christian. Amen. There is no such thing as a casual Christian. No such thing. We're under mandate in the hour that we live in. 
If we're going to curse the darkness all day, we might as well turn off the lights and go home. Why are we cursing the darkness instead of shining the light? Because we're the light of the world. Let me say this. I am the light of the world. We got to come to the reality. Brandon, I didn't intend to be this sobering today. We've got to come to the reality of not everybody's going to heaven. We are so foolish that we believe because we were born in America and that grandma went to church that everybody's going to heaven. That's how foolish we are. That's how foolish we are. We're so foolish that we believe we can live like hell and go to heaven. We're so foolish to believe that, that we can live a life that looks nothing like the life that Jesus asked for. Let me say that a different way, that Jesus commands. See, we have, a, we have a crazy idea of who Jesus is. If Jesus was here today, most of the world, most of the world, the media, certainly, and most of the world would tell him he wasn't very Christ-like. Because Jesus makes a demand everywhere he went. See, they didn't, they didn't crucify. You need to understand some things so you understand that what I'm saying is correct and it's scriptural. They didn't crucify Jesus because they loved him. They crucified Jesus because everything about him and every word out of his mouth challenged who they were. Every word that came out of his mouth, everything he did challenged their religious dogma. They wanted to kill him from, day, from the time that he came out of the wilderness. Within days, they were plotting to kill him. But they, it says over and over that the religious people wanted to kill him, but they knew that they couldn't because of the crowds. We're in a critical hour, and we're in a critical time. I'm not going to curse the darkness. I'm going to send the light. I'm going to love a church that, that whether you... See, we've got this crazy notion that, that successful pastors is people that can pack out the house and keep the bank accounts full. When really the, the Bible describes success as one that will, that, will, that will speak the truth, that hold nothing back. Paul says, I spared nothing from you. The, the successful is the one that will speak the truth and love always and not let some, not, not anybody die and go to hell feeling good about it. Right. Do you understand that, that a false way, that, that, that what a false way does is it sends people to an eternal damnation feeling good about it. Right. We have a mandate mag church. I, I want you to understand something clearly. I'm called and set into office by the call of God. The, the, the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is that the entire church has a mandate. 
And if we believe, this church claims a belief of the full gospel. That's what this church claims. And I'm going to ask you a question. If you believe what the Word says about people that die without Jesus, then why are we quiet? If we believe what the, what the Word says about people that die without Christ, then how in the world are we not doing the work of an evangelist everywhere we go? The Bible says, Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. And he wasn't talking to the evangelist. He was talking to the church. I'm, I, it's challenging. Man, I, I intended rah-rah this morning. But I, you probably saw me walk out the side door when my world began to change. And I come back in with a different green note. Church, I want you to look at me and understand something. Some of you think I talk foolish talk about Mag Church. Some of you think that it's, well, really, what it came down to, it, you may not use this word, but it's a good one. Some of you think it's poppycock, what we have to say about Mag Church's mandate to, to touch this world. That's not a dirty word, Jensen. It's a real word. Serious time. I'll not be interrupted by anybody being silly. This is a, it's a mandate. I'll stop and talk about it, and I don't mean to, to rub a spot any family, but this is a serious time. And we got a, a completely unserious generation. Last week in my hometown, George Poole went to work at 21 years old. And he opened the drive-thru at Sonic. And a boy put 20 bullets in his body, 16 of them in his face. It's a serious time. Three weeks ago, they found a 16-year-old girl's body on the side of the road on the other side of Beaumont that they still don't talk much about. They still don't know what happened. It is a serious time. There's nothing funny about it. I, I saw a woman in Memphis that went on her everyday morning jog and never came home because a man that had been let out of prison that should have never been out of prison decided that he needed to rape her that day and kill her and never send her home to her family. I saw another one last week where a woman was found tied to a tree down a 60-foot ravine naked and burned because, and they still don't know what happened. You say, this stuff happens all the time. You've never seen it happen like it's happening right now. It's a serious time and it will be taken seriously. Darkness has covered the land. Gross darkness to people. Mag is under mandate by the Holy Ghost to reach the people. And I'm going to start out by telling you I was going to get to this point eventually, but I'll get there now. My first priority is these two rows. Mom and dad, I'm not trying to embarrass kids. I'm not trying to embarrass mom and dad, but I'm going to tell you Mag's kids and their teenagers are completely unserious. You say, yeah, I ain't coming back. Fine. They're completely unserious. They don't believe us. 
And the reason they don't believe us is because we don't demonstrate it in front of them. I come to indict the whole room if it's necessary by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not in me. If you think there's anything fun about selling somebody's name and telling them to calm down, about talking about we're going to win these because they're unserious and it's our fault, there's nothing fun about any of that. Nothing fun about any of that. But how in the world are we going to reach the world? Are we going to reach Africa? Are we going to reach Brazil if we can't reach the front two rows? How in the world? How in the world? They think it's a game. And guess what? They, go, they die and go to the same hell eternally as everybody else. Oh, I don't like you talking about hell. The Bible, Jesus said more about heaven than he, or hell than he does about heaven. And it's eternal. It's a place where the fire is not quenched and the, and the worm dies not. It's a place where it says there was a rich man. And there was a poor man named Lazarus. People think that's a parable. The Bible says there was a man, a poor man named Lazarus. There was a rich man. And it says that one went into hell and one went into paradise. It says that Lazarus went into paradise and that this rich man that thought he had it all. And the number one problem with the golden triangle is people think they, they are rich and don't need anything. Let's talk about us. What makes us casual is we got money in the bank. I'm going to get right down to the brass tacks. What makes us casual is we make a good living. I told Katrina this week, boy, this is serious. I told Katrina this week that if, if the wheels come off of this economy, that, that people all over the Golden Triangle would put a bullet in their brain. That's us. I said, there's people in our church that'll jump off of the roof. But they come and worship every week. But they were comfortable because they made money. And if it comes off tomorrow, and it very well could, it's happened before, it's about to happen again, just a matter of how widespread and who all it affects, and we will find out whose faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was casual, and he was playing games. I've never, I, don't, I guess in all the years I've pastored, I have never preached a more serious sermon than on September 25th, 2022, on Taste of the Nation's Day. We're not serious. Our children believe that sexual relationships can be any way that it wants to be. And why not? Because everybody around has been shacked up for years and now think that's cool, but you think homosexuality is going to send everybody to hell. And the Bible says that the fornicator and that the adulterer and that the effeminate and all of those things, they put them under the same mandate. The reason they, they don't believe us is because they, they, they don't drink, don't cuss, but they see your brew in the back of the fridge. They don't believe you. They don't believe you about sexuality because they've seen you hooking up with everybody that you can find. That's, that's all I know to say. That's why. And it's not everywhere out there. We're cursing the world when it's right in front of us. We no longer believe it. We think God has changed and that we're in a new age. 
But I'm going to tell you, there's a reason in both instances on these things that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and he said in Galatians chapter 5, the same list. And he ended it with, do not be deceived. These shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And the reason he said do not be deceived because he knew people would be. Because they have a form of godliness. Everybody's a Christian. You can't live wrong and die right. That's right. Church, you cannot live wrong and die right. I'm thankful for the grace of God because, see, I'm not perfect and neither are you, but that's no excuse. See, that's, just, that's what we say today. Well, I, nobody's perfect. I'm not talking about nobody. I'm talking about you. Right. I'm talking about me. And I'm not talking about perfection. Since when did living like hell is that close to perfection? Are you, I, do you even get what I'm talking about? And then we want, to count, we want to bring our kids and see, and they see us, maybe raise our hands, maybe not. And then we want them to be serious about things that were just ingrained in us. But, but it was, see, it was ingrained in me. But you didn't live it in front of them. So now it's just casual. And they don't believe you. You say, I don't like what you're saying to me, preacher. I'm going to tell you, look at me. Race five. And everything that has ever haunted them, my five, two of them are here today, that's okay, that has ever haunted them is because I was casual about it. I don't live with much regret, but if I, but if I could back up, what would I do? Ask me what I would do. If you could do it, not many things I would do over again if I could do it. Some people say, I want to go back to when I was 20. I do not. Nope. I don't want to go back to last week, much less when I was 20. What would I do? I would sell out to God sooner. Exactly. Exactly. I would walk in His Spirit sooner. Yes. I, I would be serious about, more serious about the things of God in my home. I, I, would, I, would, I would pray longer. I would lay my hands on my kid's head every day before they walked out and pray a hedge of protection about them and that the, and that the word become, would become light to their soul. If you want to know what I would do different, that's what I would do different. I would, I'm, I'm the pastor that you think I'm radical. I'm not even close to radical. I'm telling you the things that I would do differently. I'm not here, I'm not here to, I'm not trying to rip the hide off or, or skin you alive. I'm just here to, to tell you we're in a time of gross darkness and the church is not serious. It's the reason our kids leave and never come back again to church. Because they didn't meet God in the altars, in the youth room. In children's church. It's why. I'm not here indicting staff or anybody else. I'm the head of this staff. I'm telling you, this is the priority. You say, how is that going to change? I said, church, when we get serious about a prayer meeting, we pray on Sunday nights after church. We're not having church tonight. Fine. We'll be having a prayer meeting. I think Heather said starting next Sunday. She'll announce all of that. And if we're serious about them, we'll be in it. You say, you're just trying to guilt me to a prayer meeting. Listen, if a guilt brings you to a prayer meeting, just stay home. Yeah. 
Just stay home. Just stay home. Oh, I'm talking about reality. It's 12.02. I'm not done. Not done. Go into all the world and make disciples. Followers. I can't stand all the religious sideshows. Everywhere I look, it's, oh, it was fire this, and it was fire that, and boy, the Lord showed up in power and glory and big swelling words. I'm going to tell you something. When the Lord shows up in power and great glory, you won't have to make Facebook posts. And you won't stand around taking selfies in the middle of it. You'll fall on your face. Scott, if I had to preach on the street corner, if the board called today and said, Preacher, we can't take no more of it. You need to find another place. If I had to preach on the street corner, Calvin, I have made up my mind that I'm going to be salt and I'm going to be light. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to smooth people into hell by telling them everything is okay because everything is not okay. Everything, church, look at me. Everything is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Mag Church is under mandate. The church is under mandate, but I'm telling you, Mag Church has a specific mandate. And I started to say it a while ago, so maybe you think I'm full of it. You can decide what the it is. I don't care. Sometimes you don't think it's possible. It's not only possible, it's going to happen. It is happening. Mag Church, this voice is going to touch these two rows. This property, this area, and the world, and I don't, I, and I don't mean that uh, in hyperbolic terms. It's not hyperbole. Mag Church will touch the world because while other people are playing games and still playing tiddlywink Christianity, the true message of repentance. The true message of living a holy life for God. Holy, by the way, children, does not mean boring. <laughs> holy means you make heaven. And yes, he will pour out his power here. And his glory here. And yes, there will be people here. It may be new people, different people, <laughs> more people, but there will be people here because not everybody wants what, not everybody wants the real deal. I lay awake at night sometimes. I've never done that. 
not because I wonder about the car payment, thank God. None of those things. It's when is the church going to wake up? When are they going to realize that their kids are lost? When are they going to realize that they're not cute, they're rebellious? And rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. When are they going to realize it's not fun and gay? Even in their own life, when they, when they go to work. I'm talking about adults. When you go to work. Oh, this is wide-ranging. I've said it before, I'll say it again, so you know what I'm talking about. The Bible, you need to understand that if you have a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. That's adult and young person. And you're on dangerous ground. You want to know what's going around the world because people, what's going on outside? You watch the news. It's because the world is in the throes of, of all out rebellion. Because they're not going to be told what to do and what not to do. Give me five minutes and I'm not even being funny. I want to spell it out. And then we're going to pray. Then we're going to take a missions offering. <laughs> this is the way to take a missions offering. That tells you how funny it is. But I'm also not a manipulator. That's one of the things that could have worked you on a mission study and, and then got a big offering because I worked your feelings. Mm -mm, I can't do that stuff. Rebellion says, ain't nobody telling me what to do. Rebellion says, well, I know my boss wanted it this way, but I'm going to do this. Oh, you didn't even know that was rebellion. That's rebellion. They're paying you to be there. You don't have a way. Oh, man. Andrew, you may have to help me. You don't have a way. Did I lose half of y'all just now? At your job. If it's not illegal or immoral. If it's not illegal or immoral, you don't have a way. You didn't know that. Because if you have a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. Rebellion says, I need you to do this. Okay, I'll do it later. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Rebellion says, love is love. I don't care what the word says. Oh, 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 oh. I don't care what the word of God says. Love is love. Yeah. That's rebellion yes. of the highest order. It's rebellion against creation. It's that because marriage is between one man and one woman, and it doesn't matter who, who doesn't. The courts can't change it. The Congress can't change it. The church can't change it. It doesn't matter who tries to change it. It doesn't matter what the popular opinion is. Yes, marriage is between one man and one woman, according to the Word of God. And anything else is rebellion from the pits of hell. Period. It doesn't matter who likes it. I'll turn to this, all these people, too. Because this is a group that don't believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, and the bond. sex is between one man and one woman in the bonds of matrimony. Period. Everything else is damnable and abominable according to the Word of God. Period. Period. 
I'm talking about rebellion. I'm talking about people that call themselves Christians and think they're going to heaven, but will argue on this stuff. The Bible, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If you don't, if you don't obey my commandments, you don't love me. You're deceiving yourself. You're fooled. Period. This is why they crucified him. This is why they turned against him. This is why they beat him. This is why they hung him on a cross. Because it challenged everything they believed. And they turned. This is why. Church. We will never have revival. And there will never be light. Until we come to truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man, somebody say no man, comes to the Father but by the Son. See, the world don't have a problem with religion. The world don't have a problem with God. The world has a problem with Jesus. Because he doesn't give them options. He expects you to conform. See, and we're in a society of nonconformists. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it a different way. Nonconformity is rebellion. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. I told you the other day, I realize it's salty sometimes. And I thought in my office, you've got to quit being so salty, JR. People are not going to like you. Well, that's one thing about it. I've never been particularly popular growing up, so I'm used to it. So that's not that big a deal. But I'm not talking about popularity here. I thought you got to... I'm talking about the war going on in my mind. Are you hearing me? The war that was going on in my mind, you got to... And I was reminded that Jesus himself said, you're the salt of the earth. And he says that the salt loses its savor. That it's good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. It's the call of the hour. It's the mandate of the church. It's where we're at. And we're all included. I've got to stop. Father, I've got to put it in your hands. That's all I can do. Lord, I'm asking right now. that the seed of the word of God would find fertile ground this morning. When the hurt feelings and the offense of the gospel settles down, that truth will find its way to the forefront even now. You declared in, in, in your word that, you, that the gospel was an offense. It's the stumbling stone. 
Father, I know as sure as I'm standing here that there are people here and later, now and later, that are stumbling over the truth this morning because they've never heard it laid out so clearly and so confrontationally and so straight and so uncompromised. But Lord, that, 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 that the light would break through the darkness of their life and the convicting power of your Holy Spirit would touch their heart even now and cut through a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. They would bring them to the place that they know that they need a, a, saving, a saving Lord and that they need a Lord of their life, that they walk under his authority. Lord, I ask it even now. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed all over this place. Heads are bowed all over this place. You'd say in your, no one's looking around, heads are bowed. If you said in your heart this morning, preacher, you've spoke straight to me. You spoke straight to my heart. You've challenged the very core of my being and my rebellious beliefs. And today I'm changing. I'm, I'm repenting. I'm becoming a new creation. Are you here this morning? Would you just show me your hand? Nobody's looking around. Yes. Who else? Who else? Yes, 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 yes. All over this house. Yes. All over this house. Everywhere. Today. Stand with me all over this place. It's all over the house, church. It's all over the house. If you're challenged today, cut to the heart. By the way, in the book of Acts, that's the model all over the book of the Acts. It says they were cut to the heart. Day of Pentecost, when, when 3,000 people got saved, when Peter had challenged them, he said, this Jesus, you think I was rough? He said, this Jesus whom you crucified, been made both Savior and Lord. And it says when he, began, when he finished, it says they were cut to the heart. And they surrendered their life to Jesus. If you're his and you've just lived in a casual state, if that's even possible for very long, carnal. He says, if you'll just, he says that he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness just by asking. He'll restore you to perfect relationship. That's the grace of God. Maybe you've never surrendered him. Romans chapter 10, let me read it to you. I want you to know but what say, it says that the word is near you, even in your mouth. And in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. It says, if you confess your sins, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the, mouth, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believed on him should not be ashamed. And that who, it said, there'll be no difference between Jew or Greek. They'll, they'll be Lord of all. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that simple. Then you follow him. 
See, the mark of a believer, a disciple, is not, is not saying words. You pray words in faith and then you follow him. Follow him. And I'm closing on missions, touching the world. How then shall they call on him and whom they've not believed, they have not heard or believed? How then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they're sent? And he says, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All over this house, Lord, hear me today. Pray with me. Lord, hear me today. Lord, today I believe you. My heart has found belief because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I ask you today to wash me and cleanse me. Lord, today I turn from who I was and I turn to who you are. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died and was buried and was raised again in the power of life by the Holy Spirit. And today I accept you as my own, as my Lord and as my Savior. And today, from this day forward, I will follow you according to your word. And I ask it in the name above every name. Amen and amen. Literally, if you prayed in faith today, it says the Bible says you're a new creation. And now it's up to you to turn and walk with him, follow him. Before we go, we're gonna, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to bless the meal so it'll be blessed when we go. And we're going to have the ushers come and we're going to take a, a missions offering for Brazil. So Matt can take the gospel to the thousands in Sao Luis, Brazil, where we expect five to 10,000 people to get saved in those crusades. Lord, I pray even now before we go to the meal, Lord, that you would bless it to the nourishment of our body. Lord, that we would be reminded of the commission today and the seriousness of the hour. It says that the night is coming. It says that the night is coming that no man should work, can work. It says the day is far spent. The night is coming when no man can work. Lord, remind us of the hour, the seriousness of the hour. Lord, I pray that we would touch hearts today in Brazil. Lord, that there would be thousands of souls added to the kingdom because Mag Church sent the gospel, sent the preacher to the people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.